0: What's going on everybody? Welcome back to my social life. This is the podcast where you can hear the real stories behind the people on social media. I'm your host Jacob Kelly. As always today's podcast is powered by TrueFan. and today is a takeaways episode and if you're new here what a takeaways episode is is where I sit down and I talk to you about the most recent podcast episode of the week and today we're discussing my conversation with Jason Portnoy. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the full podcast yet, no worries. Jason is the CEO and founder of JPort Media, a full service digital media agency. And before that, he was the founder of True Rivalry, which was a clothing company that specialized in unlicensed sports merch um, that just made different timely pieces. So they did like Tebow merch back in the day. They had one if you're a Blue Jays fan. They had a shirt that said one BJ for Blue Jay is better than one Yank for Yankee. Um different things like that. It's just fun, creative sports merch unlicensed for fans. Um and through Through True Rivalry, Jason was mentored by Shark Tank Shark and Fubu founder Damon John. Um, And it was worn by like a bunch of Montreal Canadiens players, worn it because Jason's based out of Montreal. Jay Baruchel wore it, Mark Wahlberg. Like it was a popular brand. And ultimately, he realized that he was enjoying the marketing aspect of his business more than actually running his clothing business itself. So he ended up shutting down True Rivalry and going over to Jayport Media and that's where he is today. He's also the host of the Perfectly Mentored podcast where he's gonna be the likes of Tony Tony Robbins, uh, Grant Cardone, Gary V, the list goes on and on. At the time of recording this 99 episodes are out. Um so, yeah, Jason's got a lot going on. He's got over 20,000 followers on Instagram and I actually got connected to Jason. I want to give a quick shout out here to Dania Ossie, who was a podcast guest Trying to think of what episode number Dania would have been on the show, maybe 50 something. Um, let me see if I can figure this out for you. But Dania ended up connecting me to Jason. Um, they know each other. And it was through Daniel that I ended up getting Jason on the podcast. And I was really excited because I hadn't honestly heard a ton about Jason to this point I think I'd seen him a little bit um, popped up here and there shared by people shared by mutual people that I follow Um, but I never actually followed him before this and once I kind of started diving into his story he's got a really interesting story he's a really smart dude and I was really stoked that Dania made this connection because I was really excited to have him on the podcast and the first thing I do want to say to to Jason is thank you just for kind of the compliments he gave me on the podcast as someone who is a as he himself is a podcast host with a much, much bigger podcast than mine. Um, to hear him kind of acknowledge the work as, as a podcast host, he kind of acknowledged the work that went into this interview and kind of the cadence and flow that I have. Um, and he acknowledged it from a podcaster's perspective and just appreciated the amount of work that went into it. So I want to thank him for that. And on top of that too, I have a folder on my, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, I try to find those little things that people don't necessarily expect me to know. Um, I, I don't know if it's my shtick. I don't think that's the right way, but I try to have that with every interview. I'm um, just to show people how much, not to show them how much work, but just when you find those little things, people tend to open up a little bit more because they realize how much work you've done. Um, And so it makes them feel more comfortable around you. And so whenever I have those moments, people naturally will kind of freak out a little bit or have funny reactions. And so whenever that happens, I tend to, I clip those moments. I have a folder on my laptop of all the moments of people being like, how did you know that? Or, oh, wow, you did your research, things like that. And I don't think, I I think this interview with Jason's one where I clipped the most of those moments. I've never had a podcast with as many moments as I did with Jason. Um, So I just wanted to give him a shout out and say thank you because I appreciate him for just having those reactions for Kind of just the compliments he gave me on the podcast, it really did mean a lot to me. So I wanted to give a quick thank you to Jason for that. I'm actually back to when I had Danny on the podcast. I think I was shooting over. She was earlier than 50. She was episode number 48, is when I had Danny on the podcast. And so shout out to Daniel. We've stayed in touch through that or what how many episodes? it was 124. Danny was 48. I don't want to do that math. That's 76. I don't know if that's right. Some maybe 86, someone. Check that my math on the fly here is not too too good, but no. So shout out to Danny for that. Another thing too, back to the research that I want to talk about because I spend days on the research, right? Like it's a multiple day process, hours and hours and hours on it. And whenever I talk to people about it, they're like, they always say like, "Man, eventually you're gonna have to outsource that research," and because it just takes so much time. And I do understand that, and I debate like, how nice would it be to outsource the research? But I think I would be willing to outsource every other aspect of it, but the research, because I think the research having myself not just having all that information but doing it myself allows me to conduct the interview better because i know so much about this person where like if for example we're out on we're like short on time i know exactly where to cut to back to those moments where um i try to get information people don't expect me to know i know which moments are going to have impact based off of where i found them right like if there's some information about them growing up that's readily available And I hadn't done the research. I don't know exactly what information is readily available and what isn't, like what stuff that I have to dig for. And so I know which of those moments are going to be, should cause some form of reaction and on top of that, too, when I do the research, I've listened to so many interviews, watched so many videos. I feel like I know them already. I understand their cadence. I understand how they talk. I know what some of their answers are going to be to certain questions. And sometimes I'll ask them to get specific to get that specific answer, to dive a little deeper into it. And so I just feel like I know the person better. And a funny behind kind of like a funny moment where where you really get to feel like I know the person before I sit down with them is near the end of the interview. I asked Jason, I was like, um are entrepreneurs made or born? Because I just felt like that was a really interesting question that would resonate with him just based off of the research that I'd done. And how would I knew of him going into this? I just thought that was an interesting question. And his answer to that was funny because he, the first thing he said when I asked that question, he goes, I asked that question a lot. Obviously, you know that. And if I'm being completely honest, I didn't know that I had no idea. And another thing with my prep for the podcast is so Jason will ask that question a lot on his podcast. I didn't listen to a single one of his podcasts to prep for it. I'm subscribed now. I'm a listener now, but in preparation, I didn't listen to any of his podcasts. And that might sound a little bit weird because I'm trying to understand who this guy is. But when you, when you have a podcast, you don't talk on it as much as like, I'm not going to get a ton of information about Jason listening to him interview someone else. I'm going to get a ton of information about that other person, but I'm not going to get any, not much information on Jason. And so it's just funny how because of the research that i done, I figured that that would be a good question that would resonate with Jason, something he'd have a good answer to. And it's actually a question he asks all his guests often on his podcast. And I just thought that was funny. So the research actually does more than just lets me know a lot about this person. I feel like I know them better. I know what points to hit on. It allows me to transition. Like I know what's coming up down the page. I have a better understanding of the material. And so the research is probably the one thing I will never be able to outsource, even though at this point it's the longest part of the podcast but you know what like i just think it's worth it i think it's worth it for those moments i think it just allows me to be a better interviewer i'm more relaxed going into podcasts so i just thought that was a funny story where the, the research allowed me to, i just knew i just that question where jason goes obviously you know that and i was like oh interesting because <laughs> i had no idea um, but that was just a cool little behind the scenes story and one other thing too jason was awesome like it was great to have jason on here and honestly like if I I almost blew this guy's I mean not with Jason specifically but when I first got introduced to Jason so Jason Portnoy I got the message and I go Jason Portnoy I wonder if he's related to Dave Portnoy and I said hey Dave not hey Jason um he didn't notice because like as soon as we jumped on the call for the podcast, it was the first thing I, said, I was like, "Yo, I'm so sorry for calling you, Dave. Didn't even notice. And he goes, honestly, like it takes a lot more to offend me than that. Um, so if it had been someone else, they might not have reacted the same way Jason did. So I just wanted to give him a shout out for that for being super cool with that one. Um, always proofread your texts, guys. That's a big takeaway I had before even sitting down to record this podcast. But we're over eight minutes into this one. And I want to start sharing some uh, some actual takeaways from this podcast. And the first one was when it comes to products and stuff that you're creating, if so, we were talking about with shirts and clothing and stuff when, with Jason back in the true rivalry days. And he was saying how try to find people to test your product on that aren't your friends and family because your friends and family will wear your stuff. They'll support your stuff if you give it to them, but they might not buy it. So they'll be like, oh, yeah, I wear like true rivalry all the time. And they will be like, oh, how much did you pay for it? Oh, no, like Jason gave it to me. And that's not what you're looking for when you start a clothing company or any company in general, because your friends and family are going to support you to an extent. They're not going to be as hard on your idea as they maybe should be. And it's hard to get them to give with their dollar to pay with their dollars, right? Like friends and family often like look for that discount, or the, the friends and family discount, whatever it might be. And so when you're starting a company, try to find a group of people outside of your circle to critique your product or whatever it is you're doing or even kind of within within that family, friends and family metric, when you do launch the company, watch if they pay for it or not. So like, for example, I just launched a merch store about a month ago, probably at the time this comes out, um, related to a video that I dropped on YouTube, uh, my documentary, David Dobrik, if you've heard me talk about it in the past. I'll link it down below if you want to watch it, but I've talked about it in the past year. It's just a 90-minute doc, and I made a bunch of merch related to that video, um, inspired by the video. And I put the sore up there and I just put it up there and I wasn't going to get, I didn't give any away to anybody. I didn't buy it at cost to get to people. And I had my friends buying it because they genuinely liked what I was putting out there. And I thought that was a pretty good sign of what I was designing. It's not like people are like, yo, that sweater's dope. Can you just give me one? Like my friends, one, of course, just to support me, which again is appreciated. So not exactly like a full cosign from like someone who doesn't know me. So there's a little bit of that element where they know me personally. And that's part of the reason they're buying. But if they didn't like any of my designs, they wouldn't be buying anything. And so at the end of the day, just when you're testing a product, try and get it beyond your, your circle when to see how it really resonates with, within the market. But even if you can get your friends and family to pay for it without provocation or without like a sympathy or an empathy buy, like you know you're slowly on to something, but that real cosine will come when you get beyond your circle and people that you don't know are liking and using your product. Another thing too that I liked with, with True Rivalry, Back when they first started the company, so Jason, so the company started in 2008. Jason took them a couple of years to really get going. And during that time, he, they were just kind of doing all kinds of different designs, (laughs) like political, pop culture, commentary, sports, like everything, just kind of throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. And I, and ultimately they kind of refined that into sports and they figured out what it is that they should be doing. And that was sports and sports humor or whatever. But and I have two takeaways from that. One is you should be like, actually, we're going to apply this, this to content. All right. You're listening to this. You're probably in social media. You're probably creating content. So we're going to take this story here, this anecdote from Jason, and we're going to apply it to content. And the first one is when you're creating content, just put out bad content because when you honestly, and when I say bad content, you don't know what the bad content is. Just put out all kinds of content and see what resonates with your audience. You can't get, you don't fully know the market. The market will tell you what they think. And so just put out as much content as you can. It can be good, bad, ugly, whatever, and see how they react to it. Cause you never know what's going to do the best. You might have an idea and your idea might be right, but you won't know until you put it out there. So just put out a bunch of different things, see what the audience resonates with and then double down on that thing with true rivalry. They put out a bunch of different shirts. They realized sports was their bread and butter. They double down on sports and they just did sports. They stopped doing pop culture. They stopped doing politics. They did sports. The other thing with that too is niche. You got to be niched, man. Like that is such a big thing. And a lot of people fear being niched because they think it makes them too small. Um, but if you try and speak to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. And the thing with a niche is a niche or niche, depending on where you're from. Um, it doesn't have to be your niche forever, right? Like a niche is your starting point. And once you can build up an audience within that niche, then you can expand into like adjacent interests within that niche. Right. And so it doesn't just, so maybe if Jason was still doing true rivalry today, maybe they would have ultimately expanded and done a political arm of the business. But in the beginning, they went just on sports. They owned that product offering. They owned that vertical. They were the sports, unlicensed sports clothing company. And that's where they found their success. It wasn't in trying to cast a wide net and serve everyone is when they went narrow and they served just a sports fan. And that's where they started to get some success. So one in the beginning, put out as much shit as you want. You don't have to have a niche in the beginning, but once you see that content start to work, st- double down on that. And eventually you'll be able to branch out and get into different things. But once you see something that's working, put all like double down on that, kind of put all your eggs in one basket. And that kind of leads me to my next takeaway too. Which Jason said too within the beginning, with the early days of the company, is they were bleeding money. And part of the reason for that is they were going halfway. They were halfway in the business, halfway out. He was working a job, was also trying to kind of do the clothing company. And he said, going halfway is a great way to lose money. And he said that, and a lot of people fear going all in because they're going to take a big loss quickly. But if you go in halfway, you're going to lose the same amount of money, but. You're gonna lose it in just a longer time period, and so he'd rather go all in, realize it's a bad idea, lose that money up front, rip off that bandaid, and then collect himself and go again. Versus kind of being half in and just dragging it out slowly, if it's not gonna work. But if you go all in, you put that you put the money in to the business, and it's gonna work. And one, one if you go all in, two you're your attention is devoted. You are all in part of the reason for when you go half in, it might not work is because you're not giving it all the attention that it needs. And that's why your business might fail. But if you go all in, you know that if it's going to work, it's going to work because you're going all in. But if you're half in, you might have a good idea that it still doesn't work because you're only half in. And so going half in is a great way to lose money. So, and I understand you got to feed yourself. You got to put a roof over your head, but beyond that, like, don't, I mean, granted now that being said too, like, some people need to have, hundred balls in the air at once, right? They need to be, uh, the Gary V thing is I'd rather juggle, I'd rather juggle 36 balls and drop seven than juggle one ball and keep it in the air the entire time. So maybe that is you, maybe you need to have multiple things on the go, but devote as much, like you have to be all in on your ideas when you do them. Um, moving on to my next one. Oh, this is a good one. This was the advice that Damon John gave um, Jason in their first meeting. And this was Jason was kind of saying, I'm going to build a billion dollar business and all those things. And he says, maybe I'm naive and whatever. And Damon's kind of laughing. And Jason's like, hey, why are you laughing? Like, either I'm naive or what? He goes, no, I just think that's an important feeling. You need to hold on to that feeling of thinking you can conquer the world, of thinking you're going to build a huge business. And that's such an important feeling to hold on to because when you start getting no after no after no, rejection after rejection after rejection, you're going to lose. That motivation, but if you still have that feeling, it's gonna of I'm gonna build a big business. This is possible. This is gonna be huge. You're gonna be able to push through those no's. You're gonna be able to push through those rejections. But if you don't have that feeling, what's gonna keep you going, right? Like if you don't have the belief in your company, it's gonna be tough to keep going when you get knocked down. But I get up again. Anyways, I'm not singing on here. Holy shit. Um. But hold on to that feeling, right? Of that excitement. That's a tough thing to hold on to, right? Like I even I feel like I'm super new into this quote-unquote entrepreneurial game I don't feel the most anyways but I've been doing my business now my business has been running for over a year full time for probably eight months at this point and even I feel like I've kind of lost that feeling I can remember waking up in the morning at like six in the morning to grab my phone and see if I got a response from someone I was pitching you know because I was just stoked and like I feel like that feeling's gone a little bit so it's like that's such an important feeling that gets you up out of bed in the morning at like It's a powerful feeling and it's tough to hold on to. So hold on to it as long as you possibly can. That feeling of I can conquer the world, you know, because when you get a no, when you get rejected for the hundredth time, you still need to hold on that feeling because eventually you'll be right. Actually, another thing too, though, with true rivalry, this is the next, this is another good point. There's actually so many good points from this was such, this is, I really, really enjoyed this podcast. Like this is, I have so many takeaways here. This is going to (laughs) keep, probably going to hit the 30 minute mark here. but. Jason was true rivalry was going well. They were building a sizable business. They were doing they were doing really good. They were in 250 stores across North America. That's a pretty good clothing company, if you ask me. And Jason walked away. And you might be like, why? Like you might be confused, like, why would you walk away when it's going that well? And he wasn't happy. And that was it. And that's that should be such an important benchmark for you. If you are not happy, why? Are you forcing yourself to do things that you don't want to do, right? Like if you're, if you're not happy and you know, it's a scary thing because people don't like change, right? Which is part of the reason, right? They'll, they'll, they'll take the comfort of security and being unhappy over a little bit of risk, getting out of their comfort zone and being happy, right? It's so funny how people are and like, honestly, like I get it. I am the same way. We would much rather take comfort and unhappiness versus uncomfort and happiness. And Jason was in that situation where he could have kept going with Drew but he was just not enjoying himself at all. And so he made the decision to walk away. And that's probably hard. That's probably a hard thing to do, but I think it's so important, right? Like we talk about here on this podcast, you've got one shot at life. Why were you, why would you waste it doing something that doesn't make you happy? And so find that thing and be relentless in the pursuit of that thing. Don't settle. Don't get comfortable because it's easier. Even though you won't be happy, you'll live for the weekends. In Jason's case, as an entrepreneur, he didn't get weekends. Um, so find that thing that makes you happy. Don't don't just go through life trying to be comfortable. To avoid get stepping out of your comfort zone, even though in the long run, it will make you happier. And something that I thought that really hit home with me, because I know I do this a lot. Not a lot, probably a lot is so Jason ended up getting Damon's phone number because Damon ended up being late to a meeting, could make it, Jason had to leave town, and so they wouldn't end up being able to see each other. So, so Damon was like, here's my phone number, text me when you need anything. And I asked Jason, like, how do you handle that responsibility? Or I think the, the question was, how do you nurture that relationship now that you have this phone number? And the thing that Jason said was that he would check himself before sending Damon a question. He goes, is this actually a question I need an answer to? Or am I just looking for validation in an idea I've already set myself on? And I do that so often. I feel like more often than not when I'm asking someone a question, I'm looking for the cosine. I'm looking for them to tell me it's a good idea. I'm looking for them to be like, yes, this could do that. That's the right thing. And that's funny, you know? Cause like I've already made my mind up, but I just want to make sure it's cool with like one. I was just like, I have made my mind up. I know this is what I want to do, but I'm going to ask like two people to see what they think. (laughs) And like, if they, if they both say yes, then I'm going for it. If they both say no, hmm, I don't know. It's just funny. And so now I'm trying to do better at that. Like, you know, I'm trying to catch myself in those moments. I'm trying to check myself, even though I'm like, before I text anybody, before I ask anyone, I'm trying to check myself. Like, why am I looking for the validation? Why do I need the validation? And it's funny too, because like sometimes I've been reading different books. I have a goal to read 50 books this year at the time of recording this, Feb 4th. I'm eight books in, so I'm feeling pretty good about myself. We'll check back in December. Um, But I've been reading, I read, um, I just read Tribe of Mentors by Tim Ferriss and the 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene. I can't remember which book this is from. But let me see if I can find this quote actually, because this is such a good quote. Um, It's all about having crazy ideas. And maybe it is the four hour work week. Hold on. This is such a good quote. I really want to read it for you. Um, I can't find it. Damn it. Oh, four hour work week. That's the wrong book. Tribe of mentors by Tim Ferriss. I read a couple of Tim Ferriss books recently and essentially what this quote is, is, um, people, if you have a crazy idea, like the crazy ideas are often the ones that work. And oh, here we go. If you're not called crazy when you start something new, you're not thinking big enough. Uh, but many people don't give themselves permission to get going for fear they'll be called crazy. I say not only is crazy a compliment, but if you're not called crazy when you start something, then you're not thinking big enough. That's the full extent of the quote. And so if we apply that to the logic, if we apply that to seeking validation from people with the things we wanna do, if you look to seek validation before starting something and you have a big idea that you genuinely believe in, People are probably going to call it crazy. And so that then is going to negatively reinforce in your head that this is,, oh, shouldn't do this idea." But back to this quote, like tribe of mentors, essentially what the book is it's a hundred people that are leaders in their field answering the same questions and see how they all re- answer. And like that's a theme I've heard, not just in that book, but over time. And so if you're looking for validation, an idea that is a big idea that people are going to call crazy and talk you out of, you're letting yourself be talked out of something that is a is a good idea because you're looking for that validation. You're, you're not going to do the idea. I feel like I'm rambling. I'm like this is making sense. I feel like it's a really good point in my head that just my execution is off here. But just ask yourself, the moral of this story is you don't need to seek validation from everyone before you do something. So before you ask someone a question, check yourself. Are you doing this just to get the validation? Have you already made up your mind, but you just want someone else to co-sign it so you feel better about making that decision? Just do it. Just do it. And this next point here is so, 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 so important. And I also kind of had to check myself on speaking of checking yourself, that's going to be the word of the day. Check yourself. Um, But this next point is so important. It's something that I've talked about in the past. And so Jason has been mentored by Damon John. He's had Gary V on his podcast, Grant Cardone on his podcast, Tony Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins on his podcast. And you might be like, man, that's crazy. How is he getting that all these people? And it's like, Damon John had no idea who this guy was right when they first started and Damon agreed to mentor him and meet him in New York and everything. And so how, how is this happening? How is he getting all these people on his podcast? How is he getting introduced to Damon John? How is he becoming his mentor? He asked. That's it. He just asked. (laughs) That's such a crazy thing. You can get so far in life just by asking. He just asked Damon John and like, multiple times. He asked Gary V to come on his podcast. He asked all these people to come on his podcast. He's just asking for things. You'll be surprised at where you can get by asking. For the most part, I mean Jason was an introduction, but for the most part, my podcast guest comes because I ask. Right? And that's it. I ask people to come on my podcast. And I think where I checked myself with this though is hearing Jason kind of talk about the level of guests he reaches out to. Just because he wants to, just because he feels like he can. He does it because you never know what they're going to say. And I kind of checked myself on that because I was like, man, I tell people to just shoot your shot, just ask. But I even have caught myself over the last couple months just like not reaching out to people because it's not the right time or I'm not big enough yet. Or I want to make sure this happens before I reach out to this person. Fuck that. Just ask you never know and honestly like so the two points that jason said what people are afraid of asking so kind of looking at myself with this one is it's an ego thing you don't like being told no people don't like rejection so you don't want to ask because you're afraid they're going to say no and that's going to hurt but the thing with when you ask nothing the only change that could actually happen is a positive change right if you ask them if you ask, so we'll use my podcast as example. I ask someone to come on my podcast and they say no. What changed between them asking before I asked them and me asking them? Nothing. They weren't coming on my podcast before I asked. They're not coming on my podcast now. What changed? Literally nothing. The only thing that changed is internal. I take an ego hit. I am personally a little bit upset because they didn't ask. They said no to my podcast. It makes me feel like my podcast isn't big enough. My podcast isn't good enough. But that's all like my internal, how I react to it. Nothing else has changed. I can just change my relationship with how I respond, how I react to that response. It doesn't have to be. I don't have to be upset. I have to go, Okay, and I can move on. I don't have to. Take it, personally. I don't have to be upset. So the, literally the only positive, the only change that will happen is they say yes and come on your podcast. Because if they say yes, then they're coming on your podcast and that is a change that is actually happening. If they say no, it is the exact same outcome if you reached out to them and if you didn't. That's it. The other thing too that Jason said that I was like, yo, I've been doing this wrong is he follows up with people. I, through a history of my podcast, if I get a no or if I get no answer, I don't follow up. Why? Because I do I didn't want to be a, annoying. And to Jason's point, like you have to be respectful with the follow up. You can't just be like, "Hey, just following up on this." Hey, just want to check in. Hey, just want to touch base. The only time I do follow up people is when they've agreed to come on my podcast, and then like we don't get it scheduled. Because <laughs> and I do that a lot because and I'm honestly a, a little bit okay with being annoying if you'd agreed to come on my show and then we just haven't found a date yet. Because I spend my four, five, six, seven, eight hours researching you. (laughs) So I want to make sure that I did that for a purpose, but no, but so whenever no one, when no one's asked, no one answers when I get no, I'm afraid of following up and I never have followed up, but that's changed. That's going to change now. Like I'm going to be okay to go back to the well of, I have a list of all the people I've ever reached out. Actually not all. Like I started a couple months ago. I have a list of people I've reached out to that I never got a response from. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to just keep reaching out, be respectful. And the thing Jason said with a follow up is find like just little tidbits that you can mention them about. Maybe you see them in the news. Maybe they put out a piece of content you really like different things. Maybe you just listen to an old podcast and you brought it up. Find those ways to make your follow up have a purpose. Don't just be like, hey, I want to check in and see if they will come back on the podcast. Be like, hey, I actually just like maybe let's use an author as an example. Because back to reaching out to people not being afraid to reach out to anybody i want to start reaching out to the authors of the books i'm reading um so maybe i reach out to an author and they don't answer but then maybe a couple months later i read another one of their books and i follow up hey i actually just read this book now really like this 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 want to see if you would be willing to come on the show whatever whatever so find respectful ways to come on to reach out to people and follow up with them and the other thing too is just because someone says no they don't say no forever it's a no for now someone might say no and then maybe my podcast pops in 18 months it's a big podcast and then they're down to come on the show. So it's never no forever, it's always just no for now. That doesn't so that you can get them later on. And so just ask. Don't be afraid of them saying no. That's not going to change anything. Just think they're going to say yes because they say yes, then that's a that's a huge change. It's a positive change and no is only impacting you personally. It doesn't impact anyone else. So that's all I have to say. Just ask because you never ever ever know what what could happen when you ask and lead with your strengths too when you reach out to someone you know what i mean like when i like j like so for example like what jason said like if you have a lot of downloads but not a ton of great guests lead with your downloads if you don't have a ton of downloads but have a lot of great guests lead with your guests and so you know what i mean just lead with whatever you think your strength is what value can you provide what social proof do you have lead with that show them you're legit and then reach out. Don't be afraid to ask. And the other thing too that he said, I'll drop, drop this in here super quick is I'm not trying to trick people on my podcast to get them on my podcast. You know what I mean? And I came with me asking like, do you ever send audio messages? Because I framed the question super sketchily, which is why he, he answered this way. But I said, do you ever send an audio message? So someone doesn't actually know what you've sent until they open it and hear your message, which is, Part of the reason for sending an audio message, but the other reason for sending an audio messages is is more personal, but the way I framed it did sound super sketchy. So I appreciate his answers. I'm not trying to trick someone to get them on the podcast. And that's so good. I love that. Don't do weird shit. Don't try and play tricks. Just reach out to someone and make them come on the podcast because they want to come on the podcast. Don't try and fool them into coming on your show, make, get them to come on because they want to be on your podcast or whatever it is that you're reaching out to someone for. We've already talked about, you know, actually back to happiness. I should have mentioned this earlier. I should organize these takeaway notes before I do them. I literally just kind of drop them down as I go. And then I, as I edit the podcast and then I read through them after the fact, um, I don't read through them after the fact I just sit down and record here we go back to the happiness thing. Part of the reason people, when they're unhappy, why they stick with it is again, one, it's a comfort thing and two, they stick with it because because they're they've sunk so much time and money into it and they don't want that time and money to be a waste so even if they're unhappy or if they're working if their business is failing they're going to just tough it out as long as they possibly can because they've put so much time and money into it and just just more time will, will make things work and and i get that because <laughs> i'm the exact same way but if you're on a sinking ship it's going to sink anyways So you can either cut your losses and jump ship now, or you can go down with that ship and lose more money and spend more time and then have to start over later on. So if you're not happy and you know that, but you've spent a ton of time doing something, you can continue being unhappy until eventually whatever you're doing, your business fails, your podcast, you end up finally stopping it, your YouTube channel, you don't end up doing it, whatever it is that you're doing. You can, if you're not happy with it, Now, this is a whole different equation. If you're doing a podcast for four years and you get five listeners to podcast, but you absolutely love it, keep doing it. That changes the equation. But if you are unhappy, you need to make that change. And some people will just tough it out again, like I said, for comfort, but also because they've sunk so much time and money into whatever is they're doing, especially if it's a business, but cut your losses because you can stay unhappy and continue losing money. Like I said, go down with the ship or you can jump ship and Find another boat. (laughs) A terrible analogy, but you understand what I'm saying. Is if you because you can so say let's use this as an example. Let's let's give you some real numbers just to be just so you can kind of understand what I'm saying. We'll say you're we'll say you're two years into to a business. You lose, you've lost ten grand. Okay, not great, not a fun situation. I get that you're unhappy, but because you spent two years and ten thousand dollars worth of your own money, you don't want to just quit because then you will. Spent ten thousand dollars on nothing. You'll have wasted ten grand in two years of your life. So you're going to stick with it for another two years, and at that point you've lost. We'll just keep the numbers consistent. You have lost twenty thousand dollars now, and you spent four years. But now you're at that point where you you know you have to leave. So you you leave after the the four years, and nothing improved over the second half. It was just as bad as the first half. You were still just as unhappy. Versus if after those first two years you realize you're unhappy, you cut it. Now you're not losing. You've lost ten grand, but now you're not losing twenty grand. Right. So you're actually just kind of, we'll say you come out even because you would have lost another 10 grand had you kept going for two years versus you cut it off after two years. You got to keep that extra 10 grand and you got two years of your life back to do something else. So I know it might suck up front to lose those two years, lose that 10 grand, but it's better than losing four years and losing 20 grand. Right. So cut your losses and jump ship and go somewhere else, find something else that makes you happy. And the thing about that too is people go, man, I just wasted two years. I lost 10 grand but you're not starting from zero, right? I think I, I have a quote here. I don't know if this is hundred percent like exactly what he said, but I have quotations, right? And he said, I don't start from zero. I start from the foundation I've made. So when you jump, sh- you're not like people are worried. So I just wasted two years. I wasted 10 grand. I'm going back to the beginning, but you're not. Because over those two years, you've developed new skills, made, had new experiences, made new connections that you're not starting from zero. There's a brand new foundation that you've laid. You're not all the way back at the bottom. I guess the foundation is the bottom. So a terrible example, but. You're not starting from zero your foundation is higher than zero now you have just so many more things you can add to your tool but that you never had before so even though you might have lost money or some time, it wasn't a waste right so that time wasn't wasted but don't be afraid to cut your losses and go to the next thing focus on happiness if you're not happy you've got to make a change a couple more takeaways here this is a long one guys we are still going and I'm having fun I hope you're having fun I appreciate you for for sticking through this the next one is The process, this is a quote from Jason, and it's, the process sucks. You love the process when you look back of it. It's more so you appreciate the process once you have the end result. And I want to throw this out as a question to you. Do you agree with that? Because like I've... (laughs) over the last few years, I went to the Gary Vee school of hard knocks or whatever you want to call it. I listened to Gary Vee day in, day out for years. I honestly, my Gary V. listenership and content consumption has really dropped over the last 12 months. Um, but over, before that, from 19 to 22, I was Gary Vee, Gary V. Gary V. Gary V. Gary V. all the time. And maybe it's because he doesn't do his keynotes. I loved his keynotes. Anyway, sorry, I'll figure out why my Gary V. content consumption has gone down. It's not because I don't like Gary. Gary is still the man. But Gary Vee's been preaching you have to love the process, not the end result. And so it was cool to have someone I love when there's because I'm very much like I suck at forming opinions. I'll put it that way. And so it's cool when someone has an opinion that is completely separate, from something I've just accepted over the last couple of years because Gary Vee was saying it. And I'm trying to and I've honestly been thinking about this since my podcast with Jason, which was a week ago now. And I just can't figure out where I land on it because the example was Jason was like, no one likes going to the gym, right? Like you like the end result, you like being shredded after the gym, but no one likes going to the gym. But in that specific example, I like going to the gym. I love going to the gym. I love pushing myself. I love seeing what I can do with the gym. Like I remember one of my, when I granted COVID, I can't go anywhere and make a ton of exciting memories. But one of my best memories over the last like four or five months was I went to the gym to do 50 minutes on a bike. And I just ended up convincing and pushing myself to get to an hour and I was like having a great time I love that I loved the process of getting to an hour I was just having fun doing it and I mean I felt amazing after so the end result I'm not saying the end result sucks but I enjoyed the process of going and I just enjoy the process of going to the gym I work out I do a workout Monday through Friday and then depending on how I'm feeling, I'll maybe I'll do some stretching or some light workout on the weekend. I love working out. I love that process. I also love the end result, but I love the process of the gym. And so I've really been trying to figure it out because I understand what Jason's saying. Like the process is hard. (laughs) The process is definitely hard, but I think, I don't know. I'd love to know what you think. I think I'm, I still think I'm in the camp of you have to love the process because Like even with this podcast, like what is the end result of doing this podcast? You know what I mean? Like what is considered the like is the podcast being a big deal? The end result? I don't even know what the end result is. And maybe that's also something I need to define what I want this podcast to be and where I want it to go. Because it's good to have a North Star that you should be striving towards. But that's a different conversation. But I enjoy the process of this podcast. I enjoy doing all these interviews. Like I I enjoy interviewing someone. I enjoy the prep work right? Like I just, I love doing it. I love the process of the podcast. I don't know. I don't like, I don't even know what the end result is that I'm working towards. Like I'd like to be a full-time podcaster, I guess. So maybe that's the end result, but, but once I get to that end result, then there's going to be a different end result. Cause once I get to becoming a full-time podcaster, I'm not going to stop podcasting. And so I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about for the last week since I recorded this podcast. So I'd like to know what you think. Do you think You can love the podcast, the podcast. Yeah, you better love the podcast. But do you think you can love the process or do you think the process sucks? I definitely agree that there is definitely some nostalgia and appreciation when you look back on everything you've done to get to wherever you are. But can you love the process in the moment? I'd love to know what you think. You can DM me on Instagram. I'd like to have a genuine conversation about this. Maybe we'll fire some audio messages back and forth talking about the process and whether or not you can love the process. But because Jason thinks it sucks. Jason thinks you don't have to love the process. He hates that saying. But I'd love to know what you think because I think I'm still in the camp of you have to love the process, but it's definitely something that's been percolating around upstairs for the last week or so. The last two ones, we'll make these quick because we're almost 40 minutes. This. this might be the longest takeaways I've ever had. Like I said, I just had so many notes from my podcast with Jason. This was such a fun podcast. I really liked it. If you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend you go and listen to it. Um, you always look at your own insecurities more than anyone else does. That is so huge um so true you know it's just like you will self-analyze you will critique yourself more aggressively than anyone else does back to the podcast i did with Babbin a few weeks ago everyone is so caught up in their own shit no one's no one looks at you (laughs) no one cares because you're worried about how your sweater looks with that pant combo like holy shit does 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 orange and blue go together jeans and an orange shirt i guess i was trying to figure what combat like what anyways does does my con does this shirt pant combo work versus someone else is worried about the new haircut they got and they're not worried about they're not looking at your outfit they're concerned about what their haircut looks and what everyone's thinking of their haircut but you're not thinking of their, their haircut because you're thinking of this outfit combo does this actually work everyone's so caught up in their own shit you always look at your own insecurities more than anyone else does so just live your life be yourself do whatever the fuck you want to do just have a little fun um the last one have a little fun i don't know if that's i mean I feel like I just like insecurities are, are important thing, like not important thing, but like everyone has insecurities. I'm not trying to downplay them. I just want to make that clear with my last comment. Um, last one, very last one. I'll make this super quick. Build your brand. And this is a quote Jason said that I loved. Best known always beats the best. Build your brand. Even if people aren't liking your stuff, even if they aren't engaging with you, they're still seeing it. Like Jason was saying, like he'll get people, he'll have calls people and be like, yeah, I saw this post that you made. And he's like, you didn't like it, you didn't comment on it, but they watched it and it still resonated with them. Even if people aren't engaging with your shit, they're still seeing it. I get way more views than likes. Like I just posted a reel yesterday. Let me see. Let's look at this reel. And let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Posted a reel yesterday on Instagram been going hard on reels. It got 77 likes. It got 732 views. So that's 10x the amount of people that saw it. That's, I know this is about my, the merch I made. That is 10x the amount of people that saw that I have a clothing store now that I actually engaged with. it. So people are seeing it. People are seeing it even if they're not engaging it, engaging with it. They're still seeing it. So build your brand. Best known always beats the best. But that's it. For today's takeaways, I think I genuinely think this is the longest one I've ever had. I was just flowing. I was having a good time. It's a Thursday morning, and I was like, you know what? Let's record a takeaways. Have a little fun with this. Um, if you're still listening, if you listen the entire way through, or you only listen to bits and pieces, I really appreciate you taking time to check this out. Do me a big favor. Go and check out Jason. Go and subscribe to his podcast. He's at Jason Portnoy on Instagram. His podcast is Perfectly Mentored. I'll make sure everything's linked in the show notes down below so you can find it. If you like to follow me, you can find me everywhere on social media at, at the Jacob Kelly. Feel free to come and say hello. My DMs are always open. Um, Like I said, I put out a documentary on David Dobrik. It is 90 minutes long. It's called Tomorrow Night with David Dobrik. If you search that up, it should come up on YouTube. I will also link it down below. I also link my merch store with all my clothing related to the documentary Tomorrow Night, the Tomorrow Night collection. It's at shop.jacobkelly.ca, but it'll also be linked in the show notes down below as well. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast or if you listened to my interview with Jason, you enjoyed that as well. Make sure to leave a positive rating and review on the podcast. It helps more people find the show. It really helps to grow the community that we're developing here. Also, if you're new here, make sure you subscribe because we put out brand new interviews every single Monday and a brand new takeaways episode like this as an audio exclusive every single Thursday. Last but not least, this podcast, as always, is powered by TrueFan. Thank you once again for listening, everybody. We'll talk soon.